It's time to raise the roof for our latest off-season podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to this latest episode of Raise the Roof. Sorry, it's been a little bit. Uh, a um, delayed happy Thanksgiving uh, to everyone. We hope that your Thanksgiving was great. Uh, we are recording this uh, Thanksgiving weekend, the weekend after Thanksgiving, the final weekend of the college football regular season, which means the final weekend of all of the things before conference realignment and everything gets ruined and college football happens. So solid things there. Uh, we have a lot to talk about raise related stuff since the last time we talked. Uh, I don't believe that we talked about Peter Bendix moving to the Marlins, uh, becoming their president of baseball operations. That'll be something that we'll discuss. There was also a trade that happened between the Marlins and the Rays. Uh, Yanni Diaz won a silver slugger. He also finished top six in MVP voting. I mean, there's a bunch of different things uh, that have that have happened. Also, um, uh, Zach Eflin finishing top six in in uh, AL Cy Young voting. Something of note there. So we'll talk about uh, a number of things in this in this episode. But first, I want to give Gibby the floor because Gibby, something happened today in the beautiful city of Tampa that I feel like we should all discuss. And I feel like should be celebrated amongst that because as much as we love to talk about the Rays, we also love to talk about everything Tampa and everything St. Exactly. because that's what we do. So give me, I'll give you the floor and you can discuss to the beautiful people that, that are listening to this podcast what happened today. First off, first off, um, I'd like to say uh, UCF, congratulations on getting your bowl win earlier in the day <laughs> or getting to your bowl eligibility earlier in the day. It's tough to go to you know, the Big 12 and still accomplish that. Good win against Oklahoma State, you know, and today against uh, Houston. So good for you. No, good for you. But the fucking Bulls, <laughs> after so much adversity this season, it's been a tumultuous season, to say the least. Um, the team, I mean, Byron Brown, I gotta, gotta give it all to him. I mean, he's just. And I'm absolutely the man. I I just want him to keep growing here, and you know, just keep and get this bowl win. I, I I that's all I'm happy about. Just being being close was surreal because usually by this time of the season it's already off, and like you're just trying to spoil UCF. But there's no UCF. But we didn't need them. We had we had our own. Uh, situation brewing and it's hard and it hits it's his first year and we got a we got a pretty good uh amount of wins six and six you know there's some bad losses of course there's some bad losses mixed in there i won't mention that now because none of that matters it's been a four-year drought there are some people that went to college that just never even had a a bowl game possibility in, in those four years so that's crazy it's crazy to think about it like that there, there was like whole people who, who went here they didn't win nothing and that's what they thought about the team but really in like 2016 2017 the team was on a real strategic come up that just got derailed in other situations and you know at the worst time possible is was that for the derailment, you know, it it takes us still out of the power outside of the uh, power five. My voice is just gone just because from the void from the uh, from the game. I'm not like 
uh, emotional or anything. I'm just, I can barely talk. I, sh <laughs> I shouted the whole time. I sh I yelled a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we just had, it was a great time, you know, the win today. Uh, yeah, you know, it was, it was crazy surreal that, uh, it was that close. It's crazy. Well, yeah, the, uh, or, or the game wasn't close, but yeah, uh, no, I mean, just like the fact that, that USF got there, USF became ball eligible. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how many games y'all won last year, but to be able to go six and six, one, yeah, one. And I know the big thing, what you know, a lot of people talked about the end of that Bama game and talked yeah. about what Galesh said. And I think that that, you know, that was what spurred a lot of people's interest in yeah. this, is he said. That, no moral victory. You know, yeah, bro. there's no moral victories. Even if it's against a team like Alabama, there is no moral victories. And honestly, I didn't really know much about that guy, but I gained a lot of respect for him after he said that. Because yeah, again, he's from, he's from he, Russia, by the way. I mean, he, he's trying to like he he's he's not going in there to uh, as much as I know that USF is extremely outmanned by Bama. He's not going into those sort of games to lose or to lose, you know, to cover, whatever it might be. He's going into those games, every game as a head coach to win. So yeah, I think that that was really, really, you know, that, that 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 spurred a lot of interest in what USF fans want. So uh, for me as an outsider, you know, who has a lot of friends at, at USF, you included people yeah. like um, – you know, Amita, people like Greg, uh, and I have, you know, people that I know who work at, at USF. We've had on, um, you know, Billy Mole before. We've had, yeah. on, um, you know, people from softball. Like, like we've we've been more than, um, you know, engrossed within USF, and I've been more than engrossed with USF here um, uh, with the podcast. So, like, to see them succeed from an outsider's perspective – I'm so happy for them. And I know that a lot of people, you know, that are around USF are happy. And it, it, it's good for, it's, it's good for the area because I mean, it seems like Tampa Bay has been taking a lot of, uh, been taking, been taking a lot of flack for things and has been falling short in a couple, you know, in different circumstances. I understand this is not a national championship, but a bowl game is a bowl game. So the fact that USF is making one is, is awesome from my perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a joyous time. Just it is, dude. We're doing both going bowling after, huh? I said Maryland. Maryland won their seventh game today. They beat they beat Rutgers. So, I mean, we already had a bowl game against Nebraska, but like, you know, we're we're both going bowling this year. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's freaking amazing, dude. It's an amazing feeling after such a long drought, four year drought. Hey, yeah. that's how I felt. I didn't see so my freshman year at at, at Maryland. They went to a bowl game. I didn't go to the bowl game uh, with band, but they went to a bowl game. And then the other three years I was there, they didn't go to a bowl game. 2020, they didn't go. And then the last three years they've been. So technically, like there was there was a four-year period, much like what, what you were dealing with, where they didn't make a bowl. Yep. Um, and going to those games as a student and, be, and being in band and all that stuff. I went to two bowl sucks. games, though, in my time. But Yeah, I, I technically we only had one, and I didn't even go to it. We, we, we went to the NCAA tournament a couple of times, which was fun. But, like, I mean, honestly, like – Act sucked because I watched like four or five win teams and like it wasn't fun. And then there was all the Jordan McNair stuff, which was absolutely terrible. Uh, and I still think it's weird that like all of that situation with the Jordan McNair situation 
basically ruined the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward because Durkin got fired and then Matt Canada got hired as their interim head coach. And then he was like just decent enough for an NFL team to say, let's take a chance on him. And now he's fallen into a tailspin. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's such a weird, um, you know, like but- butterfly effect of things. But I mean, like truly like during that time, like that was the most notable thing that happened and they beat Texas twice and that was cool and all, but they still didn't get a bowl game. So like, it wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't fun. Like, yeah, you know, you got to go to two bowl games. You got to enjoy it. There, there is a there is something that's cool about going to a bowl game, regardless of whether you have six wins or whether you're going to a national championship game. There's something important about it. So, uh, um, I'm happy for the USF community. I'm happy for the city of Tampa. I'm happy for Tampa Bay that this is happening. I think it's great because it continues to put, um, you know, the team on the map as they should be, and it continues to put the city in the area on the map. Now I'm just wondering where where they're, they're gonna go. Well, I, I would love it. I don't think it's going to happen because they're in the Big 12, but I would love a, a war on I-4 bowl game. It's not going to yeah. happen because it's I believe that happen. since they're in a Power 5 conference, they're just going to play another Power 5 conference team. But if there was a way to make it happen, I am so here for USF-UCF bowl game. Yeah, I mean. Oh, wait, you oh, wait, wait. This thing, this bowl prediction thing has UCF playing Texas State. So technically – there, there is an opportunity where USF UCF bowl game could happen. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that. I know uh, UCF fans are making fun of it or whatever, but I mean, I don't six care. wins. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, keep the one I four going. It, it would be yeah. I I'd love it. Yeah, because it it was missing something this year, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was definitely sad that like nothing there, was going on. I th- I think there there are, despite like the trash talk that's on like Twitter and shit, there are like UCF fans who like do miss that rivalry, and there are us our fans like myself who do miss that rivalry. It was the best. I mean, it was the best group of we missed the rivalry. The group of we don't miss rivalry. each other. It was yeah. the best, It was the only group of five rivalry that that, that people knew. Because it was so notable, and it was and it was honestly very entertaining. It doesn't matter how lopsided it exactly. was. Exactly. Every game, I mean, even the last, like, three years have been, like, pretty close, especially the past two. I so, would be, I mean. I am, I am all here for that. I am all here for the U. I'm all they here. Are, for all they're good this. games. They're good and if games. it happens, you bring the trophy. You got to bring that trophy to the game because – that would, I mean, a, like a bowl game and a rivalry game in the same way would be that I would, I am here for that. So a hundred percent here for that. I think that would be awesome. And yeah. a lot of other people that are with us, you know, that, that, that listen to us. Exactly. Rivalry is a. Too. Max went to UCF. He's part of our team. Uh, yeah, Ryan exactly. Bass went to UCF. He's, you know, doing all the stuff with Bally School. Like, you know, we best. have. Plenty of ties both ways. Dude, I rooted for the the Knights so many times this season. I'm gonna be honest, because I can't. It's a fun rivalry. I mean, and it was Timmy McLean at the beginning of the season, and I always liked him at, at uh, USF. So I did want to see him do yeah, well. At I UCF. am. I am here for the chaos. I'm here for all of that. But I love it. I love it. With that being said, we do have to get into more of the Rays stuff with the podcast, because of course, hell yeah. Um. Important other things that happened in Tampa Bay sports since we last did this podcast. There's going to be a women's soccer team 
that's I'm pretty sure going to be playing where the where the Rowdies are playing it uh, over at Al Lang. Uh, Tampa Bay Sun FC. They're going to be playing in the women's whatever the USL Women's League that they're creating. There's a team that's going to be going there. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's going to be cool. All for women's sports, all for forwarding that stuff, especially women's soccer in the U.S. So the fact that there's going to be some sort of secondary lead that's going to happen and there's going to be a team at Tampa, so it's going to be the Rowdies in the Sun, I think that that's so cool. So I'm all here for that. What else do we have? I think that's the only other thing for, like, Tampa Bay sports. But then Ray sports, we already mentioned it. Peter Bendix is gone. He's gone to the Marlins. He's their new president of baseball ops. That all happened after Kim Eng um, basically wanted to try to get I, I think that she wanted to try to get more more autonomy in her position. The Marlins were going to try to backhand and hire a ba- president of baseball ops um, uh, on top of her, or I guess atop of her as the GM. She was like, no, I'm out. So the Marlins need, needed to find someone. They found Peter Bendix, who has been with the race since 2009, I believe. He was the GM for the race for the past, past couple of years, I believe, since 2020. Uh, I, I will say... A lot of the things that he did, I don't really think were him. I think it was more of Neander, and he was just below it, and he was kind of a yes man here or there. That's not criticizing him. It's more of just I think that was just the reality of the situation. So I am curious to see what he does in Miami. He did already make a trade with the Rays, which I'm already starting to question how smart of a uh, of a guy he is because he decided to both pick up Vidal, or he, he decided to trade for Calvin Fouchet, uh, Fouchet. Fauche, Fauche, uh, Fauche, and, Fauche, and Vidal yeah. Bruhan, who posted like a negative combined, like negative one war last year. So I don't know what he sees in either of them uh, that that we don't see. But the the fact that one of those guys, if not both of those guys, are gone, and the Rays got collateral pieces for them, and those collateral pieces aren't atrocious. That's a win for me. I don't know if that's yeah. a win you give me, but I feel like no, 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 no. That's a win. That's a win for sure. You know, uh, Fache did not have a spectacular season. I feel like Bruhan's just not. He's not going to get a lot of play time here, and he needs to go somewhere where he gets a lot of play time if he if he's going to be successful at all, or even like turning around his like career as of so far uh, around because I don't want to speak to <laughs> because I feel like I mean like a lot of people always talked him up you know mm-hmm. and and like he did have a lot of like good I mean he shines in, in AAA all the time but is that just where he's stuck at and that's what a lot of people have said you know uh, on the race side but uh, we'll see how he ends up doing Marlins. He's probably going to have a lot more play time there. We'll probably be able to take more chances on him, you know? So, uh, yeah. 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 I, yeah. Yeah, that trade is a win for sure. It, it is a win. It's 100% a win. So, the guys that yeah, they just got. Flush those... a, I, I was That was the main point. And, and, there's a, and there's a player to be named later in there. So, the Rays got three players or what I believe is either a player to be named later or cash considerations. I think it's the PTBNL. Um, so the fact that the Rays are getting three guys potentially out of this is, is stupid, but the two guys that they're getting right now are infielder, Eric Lara. He is a 17 year old. He was in the Dominican, uh, summer league or spring league, whatever it was, um, this year, like, like I said, 17, six, two, uh, 
in you know infielder. This is what I'm reading off of Ray's metrics. So if you guys don't follow Cole at this point, what are you guys doing? He's fantastic. Uh, he says has the skills to play on the infield. Stands at six two. Shows good play discipline um, or play play skills and some pop. A lot of quality projection traits here. The other guy they got was Andrew Lindsay, who is a right-handed pitcher out of Tennessee. Uh, he uh, just turned 24 as a strong candidate to move quick through the system. Had success working as a starter in the SEC this year. Um, so must have just gotten drafted by the Marlins. Here, let me go check Andrew Lindsay baseball. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, he got drafted in the fifth round of the draft this year. Uh, again, out of Tennessee. Um, you go to the race. Tennessee is also the same school where Ben Joyce came from. If you guys don't know Ben yeah. Joyce, he throws like 100 to 102. Uh, got called up by the Angels this year, I believe, only after one year or whatever. Or may, may have gotten even done that before, but uh, he's up with the Angels right now. Um, again, he throws cheese, so seems like Tennessee can produce some good guys coming up to the league. But Lindsey last year for – um, or at least for the Marlins, wasn't, you know, I mean, very, very small sample size. But with Tennessee, after playing one season at uh, UNC Charlotte, was 3-3 three and three with a 290 RA, uh, 71 innings pitch, 73 strikeouts, 19 walks. Uh, had a 1-1 one, one whip, 7.6 hits per nine, 9.2 strikeouts per nine, 3.8 strikeout to walk ratio. So those are the guys that we got. I don't know how quickly they're going to be going through the system, but I feel way more confident in both of these two people than I did in uh, Bruhan and Fauche. So glad to see that those things are happening for the Rays. We don't know. I mean, I would love Kim Eng to come to the Rays. I don't think that she is because that's just a lateral move. Uh, I would assume that they're just going to run with, with Neander as they've been doing. Gibby, I don't know if you have a thought either way about it or what you think. I just – that yeah, seems like the most um, logical situation. I feel like they're trying to keep shit probably same-same. So maybe throwing another person in there now isn't really going to, like, do much. So like what you're saying, uh, someone else just assumes his responsibilities from the team internally. But, uh, they, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, Peter was was there during like some of the best times in the org, so you you just don't know you you know it's not like all due to him, but he was here during a great run in uh, Tampa Bay. That is a hundred percent true. History. Yeah, that is a hundred percent true. He was here during that, and I'm sure he had plenty of you know help with all of this stuff. So yeah, he, so is, like he's got it is worth noting, but yeah, yeah, so. Definitely, I won't take his job too lightly. That someone could just like, uh, like assume his responsibility like that. I'm sure I'm assuming that happens, but I mean, there's different jobs for it for a reason. But agreed, hundred we'll percent we'll agreed. I would yeah. like them to be replaced. I think we will like, see uh, some other that. signings and other things like that. Looks like uh, Yaniel Curret uh, was named to the forty man roster. Um, I don't know where he's out of, uh, but he got signed. Uh, the Rays also signed Tyler Alexander, left-handed pitcher, to a one-year deal. Um, uh, oh, Corette might have been with the Rays anyways. Um, he might have been 
uh, in Bowling Green, it looks like. Uh, and then Austin Shenton were were added to the forty man roster. Uh, they 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 did DFA Fauche and Cooper Criswell. Um, as a result of those moves, this is all for the Rule Five draft things related to that. Uh, and the Rays also signed, um, like I said, Tyler Alexander. Uh, they signed him to a one year deal. He was claimed last week. Um, definitely some interesting things going on there. We'll see how he works out if the Rays, I don't know how they're going to try to use him, but I'm sure they'll find a way to use him in some aspect. He is, you know, he, he pitched um, last year with uh, Detroit. Uh, he has a 4-3 ADRA and a 4-5-9 FIP over five big league seasons. Not amazing numbers, but I'm sure the Rays will find a way to turn him into something. So something of note there. Uh, moving over to the awards season, because Major League Baseball awards season happened. Uh, if you guys didn't see, um, I'm trying to think of who won in the NL for Cy Young off the top of my head. But I know that uh, Garrett Cole won in the AL. Who, why am I just completely missing who won in the NL? Oh, Blake Snell. Blake Snell won in the NL. Uh, former Ray Blake Snell, who uh, now has a second Cy Young award. So I'm going to consider that trade a wash because... San Diego didn't do crap with him. And the Rays didn't get anything good out of it either. But, you know, both teams was just kind of even, in my opinion, because the because the Padres didn't do anything notable with it. So that's 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 their own fault for being stupid. Uh in the MVP race. Uh, oh, Alex. Yes. Oh, sorry, my, my mic's been muted. Sorry. What what, I realize, what but I've up? been trying to talk. <laughs> what's up? What's up? But uh, yeah, I was shouting Blake Snell at you, but I didn't know. Oh, why. <laughs> yes, Blake. Yes, Blake. So, also no, but, that, uh, yeah, I feel like I I have your same take on the uh, on the trade. I saw I saw the take that we lost that trade, but I'm like, but did we? They didn't really do so, anything with him. But also, we, we didn't get to the use trade him. though. Like, we did a hundred percent, we lost the trade. But yeah. the Padres lost the trade on their own. Yeah, for wasting his potential and talent. Yeah, exactly. For being the Padres, exactly. That, that's that's the easiest way of saying it. All right. Uh, it for oh, and also Zach Eflin finished sixth for for AL Cy Young. So kudos to Zach. Pretty sure that's his highest finish of any Cy Young award race. Uh, well deserved. Great to see him pitch healthy this year. So really, really awesome to see there. Along with that. Uh, the MVP uh, race and all that votes came out uh, as you would expect. Ronald Acuna Jr. and Shohei Otani both won. For some unknown reason, Yandy Diaz just missed uh, out on getting a top five um, finish in 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 AL MVP voting, which to me doesn't make any sense because I yeah. think that he more than deserved it. Clearly, what do I know? Because I'm not someone who's voting on this kind of stuff. I would have definitely put him over Kyle Tucker and, and Julio Rodriguez. I would have put him fourth personally. I understand, I guess, why he moved down to sixth. But I feel like all three of those guys were pretty comparable in terms of their stats. So, yeah. um, I I mean, it is what it is. Uh, you know, beauty's in the, high of, uh, in, the, in the eye of the beholder. So, we'll see. How you know it, it is what it is at this point, but really, really awesome to see 
him at least get a top 10 finish, which is great. And then uh, towards the end of it, we also saw the Isak Paredes uh, got, it was tied for, he got, he got two votes, nothing crazy, but he got two votes, which was cool. So he somehow found his way into this. Um, so much, much congrats to Isak. Really, really great season. Uh, along with that, so Yanni Diaz was named a Silver Slugger. He was the Rays' first Silver Slugger Award recipient since 2010, which is absolutely incredible. Well-deserved for him. I'm glad he got something because I felt like he got screwed in so many different ways. So really, really awesome to see that he finally got something. Though it seemed to have taken way too damn long, he got something, which was awesome. Uh, and uh, the Rays also had uh, missed out on the team Silver Slugger Award and missed out on Isak Paredes getting one for third base. So that sucks, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, great, great seasons offensively for the team and great season offensively for Isak. Really, really happy to see that he was getting recognized in some sort of capacity, regardless of what. Yeah, exactly. He had a great season. He did. He did. 100% he had a great season. And he went oppo taco the other night. He that. did. He did. He broke the space-time continuum by hitting an opposite field home run in the Mexican Winter League. And Crazy. people are saying that it wasn't real. People are saying it was faked. Honestly, it might have been. I don't know for sure. Kind of weird, though. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that, was that fake? No, oh, it wasn't. But it was just people were like so astonished. Oh no, they're like, oh, it's a conspiracy. Oh, yeah, it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, he, uh, he 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 can't. You know, Yandi Yandi hits all the Oppo Taco home runs. Uh, uh, Isak can't be the one who hits it. Isak, well, I mean, he's he, yeah, he's he literally only game. hit. He only hit hit uh left field homers. Yeah, he's the pull side king for a exactly. reason. Exactly, he's the pull side king. He is. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, oh, uh, Christian Bethencourt was put on waivers and was claimed. Uh, and then the race traded away Alex Jackson. So I believe that it's just Renee Pinto and, uh, oh, oh yeah. So yeah, it's just Renee Pinto right now, to my knowledge. Uh, Blake Hunt was traded to Seattle for another catcher and Alex Jackson was a minor league free agent, but the Rays might've picked him back up. So as of right now, Pinto is the only catcher that's left. Really, really weird to see that the Rays decided to just get rid of Bethencourt. Um, but I guess they know something that we don't. Uh, and then also Jalen Beeks was put on waivers. He was claimed. Josh Fleming was put on waivers. He was claimed and then pr proceeded to get, I think, traded to the Rockies and got or something like that. Uh, so we won't be seeing any of those guys. Really, really sucks about Bethencourt because, I mean – how do you, you know? How did you feel about his tenure with the Rays, though? Though short, I'm gonna miss Bethencourt is in session. I, I like that chant when people said that. He is no longer in session. Yeah, that's kind of sad. But I mean, shit. We just thought. I mean, I guess they just thought he was gonna be a fucking home run monster. Just didn't turn into it. But uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like he's got years ahead of him. So. I'd like to see how he does on other teams. I love, we love X-rays here. You know, this is like an X-rays podcast. Kind we of. do. Also, I will say in very, very limited time, he had a 1.5 war with the Rays in like 145 games played. Yeah. So I like, mean, it's not yeah. terrible, but. Not terrible, but yeah. 
I mean, it'll 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 get you it'll get the job done. We will see, or we'll have to see what goes on with that moving forward. But who yeah. knows at this point? Uh, the Rays have a new first base coach in Michael Johns, who was the former uh, head coach uh, manager of the Durham Bulls, who are the statistically the greatest minor league team ever, uh, and they're just the best minor league team ever. Anyways, like they're awesome. We love the Bulls here. Yeah, exactly. The, the Bulls for USF. They and have the Bulls a fucking team. movie, dog. Yeah, fucking... Both recognizable minor league team and the best minor league team. Bro, fucking tell me when you're fucking minor league team. I don't care what their fucking silly, goofy name is. Has a fucking movie. That's that is like, true. That is true. I like, mean, it's the only fucking, one. Fucking say that. Say that. Tell, come, come to this podcast and comment on it when that happens. Yeah, I mean, not 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 many others can. Uh, the last time and we documentaries did this, don't fucking count. Yeah, they, they don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, movies count, but documentaries are their own thing. Uh, since we did this, the Rangers won the World Series. So, congrats to to Rangers fans for ruining our lives. Um, yeah. uh, we appreciate all of you for once again ruining our lives. Yeah, good, good for you. Woohoo. Uh, I mean, I'm not even mad at y'all. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it is what it is. Um, it is what it is. Honestly. Some cool news: James Shields, raised legend. Yeah. Uh, very, very much a raised legend. Uh, is on the 2024 Hall of Fame ballot this year. He's not going to get in, as I'm sure that we all know. Um, though his time with the Rays was definitely a very prolific one in a number of different ways. It's just awesome to see that a former Rays guy, especially one who I would assume is going to be in the Rays Hall of Fame at some point now now, now that that's a thing, I would assume he's going to be in there. So he'll be a Hall of Famer to some extent, just not one in the Baseball Hall of Fame. But do, were you at least surprised when the ballot came out that his name was on there? Yeah, no. I, I don't. I, yeah, I, I mean, it was su- surprising that they thought of us. That I I guess it was surprising that aspect, but I feel like he deserved it. Like from from like uh, I feel like he deserved to be nominated. I'm I'm with you. I I'm not sure if he's gonna have the votes to get there because you know, um, not every baseball writer is us, unfortunately. So yeah, that is yeah, true. It, but I, I mean, it's I'm gonna, not gonna it's lie. gonna be hard. It's gonna. <laughs> I would I would vote for him to keep him on the ballot, but he's not yeah. a Hall of Famer. He's just he didn't do enough, unfortunately. He, but like, yeah, I guess yeah, you can't really. But I mean, I guess cool. if you look at totals, if you look at totals, it's not bad. But he doesn't put together like two good seasons. But yeah, let me go look up. Well, I can't even yeah. score it. I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta review James Shields. Yeah, James Shields, a 140, one, 145 wins, 145 and 139 record, not ideal. 414 <laughs> not ideal. ERA, 102 ERA plus, 417 FIP. Uh, he had one, two, three, four. He had five seasons of an ERA plus over 110, uh, four over 120, um, pitched over 220 innings. For four straight years, also had 249 innings pitched in 2011, which is where he finished third in Cy Young voting. Hold on. Uh, that year, he went 16 and 12 with a 280 RA. He had a 3 4 fifth that year, 
uh, 11 complete games, four shutouts, 225 strikeouts, 65 walks. So that was a 3.5 strikeout to walk ratio. Basically, 2,200 strikeouts, um, three to one strikeout to walk ratio in his career, 30.1 career war. Fuck, fuck so, first of all, we're going to say fuck win loss right off the bat. No, I understand was, that, yeah, but I mean, he's only got a. He's got a sub-31 career war. I, that's just not enough. Yeah. That would be pretty low. And also, the, the back end of his career was atrocious. I mean, from like 2016, 2017, 2018, like forgettable, forgettable, forgettable years. True. I mean, the last three years of his career, but I mean, shit. He was on somewhat of a Hall of Fame track with the race previous to that, but even so. Yeah, yeah. There were some there were some bad years in up there. Up to but, 2015, he's pretty in the clear. Yeah, I mean, up 2015, he's got it. He he has more than enough say in there. But you know, he I mean, he pitched what seven of his 13 years with the Rays. So definitely he has the he has the tenure. He has, you know, being an ace on a team. Yeah. Big game I James. Mean, I mean you know what? Put him in. Put him in. Come on. Come on. Why not? Gibby, Gibby's on the why not train, and I do support that. I just don't. Uh, I like the why not. Dude, I feel like more people should be like that, you know? I mean, just, it it's just a, nice, little, I just, it's just a silly little club. I, I just don't think it's ever going to happen. It's not going to happen. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. I'm with you um, on that one. Uh, before we go into a quick break, because I do want to discuss some things after this. Uh, did you see Ichiro uh, decide? Well, a why? Did yeah, it's the that? second year in a row. First of all, what that he did that? It's his second year in a row that he pitched against an all girls high school team. I'm pretty sure. Can you look that up? No way. <laughs> Please look it up. Okay. Right. So for those that didn't see Ichiro, who's 50 years old, threw a complete game shutout and threw nearly 120 pitches against a high school girls baseball team, which a the fact that they have a high school girls baseball team in Japan, that's awesome. We love the growth of baseball in any sort of way, and I know that women's baseball is making some strides. So that is absolutely cool. Second thing, Ichiro, who's 50 years old, was trying to was carving up these girls and throwing 85 at, at age 50, which is faster than I'm pretty sure what Jamie Moyer was doing, which is um, still incredible. He also went two for five at the plate. Which shout out to the three people or the three whoever it was that got him out, like that's pretty sick. Um, just a very interesting little 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 shindig that happened there. I'll say that very very interesting. But Ichiro continues to be him. Uh, and also shout out Japan. I'm for, pretty for sure he did this team. last year too. But it's fucking amazing. I did it two years in a row. Yeah, it's very, I, very, uh, am I crazy? Did he not do it two years in a row? I don't know, but regardless, this that was wild. Yeah. To, that was incredibly wild to see. But that was crazy. Uh, we do have a little bit more to talk about on this podcast. So what what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna run our uh, our Seeky Gad twenty dollars off your first purchase of thirty dollars or more using code Raise the Roof, or it might just be twenty dollars off your first purchase at all. Um. Make sure to take advantage of that because there's plenty of other sports going on. Get 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 tickets for USF's ball game. Do it. Yep. When, when everything's getting announced, do it. But Please. 
yeah, with that being said, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back in this latest episode of Raise the Roof. Hi everyone, Alex here with a quick word from our newest sponsor, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is your one-stop shop for tickets for everything from live theater and concerts to sporting events like Rays games. SeatGeek uses a color-coded scale to show you where the best deals are, with green being good and red being bad. If you haven't used SeatGeek before, we have a special deal just for you. Use code RAISETHEROOF, that's RAISE spelled R-A-Y-S, at checkout for $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. Again, that's code Raise the Roof for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Thanks so much to SeatGeek for sponsoring us, and let's get back to this latest episode of Raise the Roof. And we're back on this latest episode of Raise the Roof. So we already mentioned the SeatGeek ad, which is, again, use code Raise the Roof at checkout. Whenever you use SeatGeek, you get $20 off your first purchase of $30 or more. Along with that, we still have our In the Clutch link. If you guys want to use that, get any sort of shirts, raise-related shirts, life-related shirts, because there's plenty of other things that that they, they sell. They're really, really great, really, really great quality. Uh, definitely make sure to take advantage of that. It's code RAISETHEROOF uh, at checkout, and you save 10% off your purchase anytime you use it. So it's not a one-time thing like SeatGeek, which I will see if we can do like an indefinite percentage off moving forward, but well, well worth it to take advantage of that for in the clutch because they have a lot of great designs. They have really, really great, great shirt quality and definitely worth taking advantage of if you have the opportunity to. What I want to do in the second half of the podcast is talk about something that has gained a lot of steam, honestly, a, a significant amount of steam going into the offseason and just in the offseason over the last couple weeks or so, which is the news that was surrounding Ray's starter, Tyler Glasnow. For those who don't know, Glasnow signed a – it was like a weird thing, but basically one-year extension leading into next season where he's going to be paid $25 million. After that point, I'm pretty sure he will just be a flat-out uh, free agent. I don't know if there's a if there's a club option or whatever it might be. <laughs> But most likely, he'll end up being a free agent after that point. Again, we'll be owed $25 million next year for the Rays. Um, it says, Jeff Passan said, it's widely expected. This was on the 14th, so this was 11 days ago. So I don't know how much it's changed right now. But it said, it's widely expected that Rays will move Tyler Glass now this offseason per Jeff Passan. Um, again, Jeff is the – he is the – uh, biggest name in the baseball media space right now. So if he's saying something like that, then there is definitely truth to it, which is, um, you know, that there is a you know sincerely truth to that. So what I'm curious to ask you, Gibby, because I know that we love glass here. I know Bree loves glass. I know, you know, a lot of us just appreciate him. And this is the first season that he's really had the opportunity to show himself as a, you know, as an ace on this team, show longevity, you know, on the mound, everything like that. Would you be surprised if, let's say, we woke up tomorrow and you saw that he got traded? Would you be surprised to see something like that? Uh, No. As a fan, I – as a long-term fan, I've been, you know, you know, you know what's going to go down once that, once the money starts to hit, 
what's kind of going to happen. Um, I mean, it could be a situation where we extend him, but I feel like that's the only other alternative because they're not going to want to have him play this season and then just walk and not get anything for him. That's kind of like their mentality as a franchise. They're going to want to get something for uh, their bigger pieces when they do have to move on from them. So, I mean, it seems like this is the time, unless, you know, there's a new hire in the front office and maybe there's some different directions, different money flow going in. You know, you never know, but... Yeah, I don't feel like, uh, you know, love love Glass now, obviously. I mean, he's a fierce competitor. Even even though he was, like, not as good when he came back this season, he was, he's still, like, like, to come back and do that just, like, in the middle of MLB season is really hard. And I feel like after a offseason of break, uh, he's going to be able to come back just re- way better and just be able to uh, get a lot of his fastball and other stuff back that was missing from his game in the late in the season. But yeah, I, ho- yeah. I hope he's. I mean, I hope to see him one more season, but that's kind of like hopeful or wishful. Yeah, I agree with you um, on that. I, I think, I mean, re- realistically, looking at what the Rays have done in recent years, looking at how they've tried to maximize, you know, the the output of players. Uh, Glass now has been with this team since since 2018 when he got traded in a Chris Archer deal. So that's what, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So he's been with the team for six years. Um, not, not all of that time he spent healthy, unfortunately. There's been injuries, there's been COVID years, there's been things like that that have not been great in terms of keeping him on the field for as long as I'm sure that we've wanted him to be on the field. Um, but along with that, he is, I mean, again, he's been with the team since since 2018, so he's definitely been here for for plenty of time to where, you know, if he does get traded, it would suck, but it is what it is. Um, he is getting owed $25 million next year. I know for the Rays, that's definitely uncharacteristic of them, you know, to have a guy that, that with, with that much payroll on the roster, he is 30. So odds are that, you know, these next couple of years of his career are going to be the last couple good years of his career. Cause it's, it's not often that a lot of guys just continue that success, especially someone like him who's dealt with a lot of injuries, uh, you know, that sort of success is, um, you know, is not fully sustainable. So definitely something to keep, um, you know, at least keep track of. But, you know, looking at what he did for the Rays and what he's done for the Rays in his career, uh, looking at his career war with the Rays, um, he's at a 5.1, an 8.6 war with the Rays uh, in his, you know, six seasons. Now, in that time before this season, he hadn't pitched more than 14 starts in a year. Uh, that that coming in 2021 where he threw 88 innings uh, definitely looked like, you know, that and 2019 looked like very much of a Cy Young candidate for sure. 
but just didn't, you know, got got hurt early on, wasn't able to stay healthy. Uh, he, he had a 152 ERA plus in 2021. He had a 248 ERA plus in 2019 before he got hurt. Uh, both of those years, um, he's had a 10. He's 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 had a 130 career WAR with the Rays. Sorry, our ERA plus with the Rays. Like I said, almost nine career WAR with the Rays. Uh, 320 ERA, uh, ERA, 310 FIP, 12.2 strikeout per nine, 4.35 strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, this year specifically had a 353 ERA, 291 FIP, 118 ERA plus, pitched 120 innings, most of any season in his career, most of any season with the Rays, most of any season of him as a starter. All of that stuff is great to hear. Had a career-high 162 strikeouts in that time. Only had 37 walks. Uh, really, really good strikeout-to-walk ratio this year. Also stayed consistent when it came to, um, you know, just striking out guys, 12.2 strikeouts per nine. Pitched in 21 games, had a 10-7 and record. Uh, you know, that's neither here nor there when it comes to uh, win and loss record. But showed longevity as a starter, I think to the point where we haven't really seen it with the Rays and no one's really seen it in any sort of way, because when he was on Pittsburgh, he was a starter for a little bit and then got switched to a reliever in 2018. So, you know, nothing really happened there. And then the Rays switched him back to a starter uh, in 2018 to end the year. But he, again, this is, this is the point in time. I think as we've talked about, where the Rays try, and we've talked about this multiple times with a number of different players, where the Rays will try their best to get some sort of longevity um, with players for as long as possible. And then when that player hits their peak, that player tends to be traded, whether we want them to be traded or not. And I, I think that there is a definitely a reluctance of Rays fans to not want him to be traded because of how big of a... Um, you know, how big of a presence that that glass has been in the locker room, how marketable of a player that he's been, uh, you know, how nice of a guy he is. I'm sure a lot of people are, are would would be pissed because he's a very, very handsome dude, uh, which I know that uh, I, he's obviously not in the market right now because he's got a girlfriend. But, you know, like people like handsome people. So I'm sure that that's definitely part of it, too. But I think that there's the other part of it, which is that. You know, he is 30. He's going to be close to 31 by the end of, um, you know, uh, he's probably going to be like halfway to 31 by because he, he was born in August. So, you know, he'll be 31 next year. Uh, his that things will start to decline at some point, whenever that point is. I don't know for sure, but I, I I'll just say this. I would not be surprised if they moved him and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to a contender as a result, if he was to do that, Gibby, who would you, what sort of a return would you want for him? Would you want to return kind of like what the snail deal was maybe with better players or what kind of return would you want for him? You know, a player straight up wouldn't be bad. Like another major leaguer, not like dealing with like whatever prospects we get or, that sort of thing. Like, you know, we've done, like, good trades like that where we get good major leaguers for, like, 
at a good time, like how we got Yandy Diaz at a good time, you know, from Cleveland, uh, and kind of maximize when he's now in like one of the peaks of his career, which I think is just getting started for Mr. Diaz there. But, uh, like a trade similar to that would be nice. Just like a fucking, like a ready major leaguer for another ready major leaguer. Go both with like good potential. Similar to like a Scherzer, the ground kind of deal. Like, how do you feel about that? Getting one guy who you think would be a comparable one person comparison. For- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It depends on who the guy is, because if it's a contender, if they would be trading him to a contender, the guys that I'm sure that that we would want if it was to be a one-off, you know, a one Yeah, it's expensive. Well, no, I just don't think that a lot of those teams would bite at that. I think teams would rather give up some other players who have potential, but those players maybe don't. I'm trying, trying to think the right way to say it. Basically, players that have potential but haven't reached that potential yet or better prospects. I just don't think that a lot of these teams like that, I don't think that they would be willing to give up major league talent for a pitcher of that caliber. Because, again, you know, Glass now is is injury prone regardless of what he did this year. He is definitely injury prone. Um, This is the first year that he – the second year in his career that he's pitched over 100 innings and the first that he's thrown 120 innings or more. So in terms of him being stretched over the course of a season, he hasn't really done that yet. This is the closest that he's gone to it. And even so, I I feel like the Rays were a bit hesitant at times to, what's the word for it? The Rays were a bit hesitant at times to kind of stretch him out more because they didn't want to hurt him. And they didn't want him to go more if he didn't need to go more. But again, there's still the ups. I mean, there's still significant upside with him. Um, at least I think that there's significant upside with him where, you know, a team in a a team that would be a contender would be stupid to not try to get him because of what value he brings of how good of a pitcher he is of how good his out pitches are. I understand that the bite on his fast wasn't the same as it, as it has been before, but if you have a good enough pitching, you know, coach, and you have a good enough system that's working with your pitching staff, then he'll, I'm sure, will work great in it. But I think that it would work better with the Rays if they decided to just go with a package, kind of like the Blake Snell deal, and you know, with the with the Chris Archer deal, some something like that, where they can get multiple pieces together and then hope that those pieces will combine to create a better um, end product than what the original guy that they traded was. I would not be against getting a one-for-one deal going, but the guy that they would have to get back would have to be someone, I guess, like a Manzardo, uh, Savali situation where, um, and we haven't seen Savali fully play out, so we don't know how that's going to work because he still has two years of control uh, with the Rays. But something like that where the Rays are going to get someone who they think is going to immediately be an impact player and they're willing to give someone of decent talent against him. So, or, you know, in, in or, or give that talent away in order to be able to get him. Yeah. But I, I feel like that would be like the only comparison that I have right now is the Savali deal because of, of what the Rays gave up for it and knowing that they literally gave, you know, it was, a, it was, it was a one for one deal. Yeah. So 
I, I, I'm fine with it if they give someone good. Yeah. Or if they get someone good as a result is basically how I feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, so I, I, I truly don't know what's going to happen. Uh, with that, I think we're all kind of expecting it to happen at some point. Whenever that does happen, you know, we will definitely tweet out or we'll, we'll definitely tweet out something about it and we'll talk more about it, whatever it might be. I also think that there is um, a lot of interesting things with the Rays talking about the uh, the summer leagues with um, uh, what's it called? Players like uh, Junior Junior Camanero really really doing well in that. So that was awesome to see. I think he's hit a couple homers uh, in that. The last thing I wanted to talk about though, because we've already talked about USF, we've already gone through the carousel things that happened with the Rays. We've talked about the Glass Now news. I want to end this with talking about Randy Rosarena, uh, who just somehow, some way, continues. He is, I believe it's GQ Mexico, nominated him as one of their men of the year, which is absolutely insane that Randy has now reached that point of stardom where any GQ subsidy, subsidy publication, whatever it might be, anything related to GQ and Randy Rosarena is part of it is incredible. So clearly the Rays have a superstar on their hands regardless of 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 how many MVP votes he's gotten or whatever it is they have a superstar on their hands they have someone who is an international sensation uh and so. someone who people like and at that point I just think that it would be stupid to not try to keep him for as long as they physically can because it's, I mean when you saw that for the first time what was your reaction I mean every time I Randy's popular I just want to sign him to like the money he really deserves now that he's like actually that popular. Uh yeah, I feel like he's he's a good franchise guy. I mean all the fans love him. We literally have a whole section dedicated to him. Sign we gotta sign this man. Of course he's the man of the year. He got Rays fans to fill out a section every single fucking time. That is true. That is deal. true. The Rays fans certainly showed up. To Randy Land, at least every time. Yes, so that's on the 100%. Friday, Friday, Saturday, hundred percent. So, I think it is. In, I, I think it is absolutely awesome that Randy is involved with something like this, and I just hope that those sort of things in the future will continue to uh, make the raise a more notable thing worldwide. In some way, shape, or form. I don't know how it's going to happen, but in some way, shape, or form, it would be absolutely awesome to see the Rays, you know, continue to be in the general, con- you know, the general conscience, the general public of this, because I, I mean, it's just insane to, to hear that, that he is, you know, he is considered GQ man of the year when that is as something that is like, you know, famous actors and and athletes and and musicians. I mean, everything that, and then Randy's part of it. Mm-hmm. Like the, I mean, like in the general public, it just like in the general in society, probably one of the most random people that you can think of. But somehow, some way, he's he's part of it. So shout out to you, Randy. We love you. Please 
please stay with us for as long as physically possible because we absolutely love you. Uh, But I think with that being said, that is going to conclude this latest episode of Raise the Roof. Thank you guys so much for your continued support of what we're trying to do. We, again, will be trying to do our best to put out stuff pretty consistently this offseason, knowing all of the chaos uh, that is going on with people having lives and jobs and things here and there. We might not have all three people on, meaning me, Evan, and Gibby. Uh, not everyone will be on all the time, but what we will try to do is get uh, who's ever free, whatever we can to at least try to do a one-a-week type thing. Raise the Roof TV on our social media accounts if you guys want to follow us there. We also have, uh, you know, everything going on with the links. Make sure to use the links. Make sure to support us in those sort of ways. And with the podcast, make sure to support us as you guys have been doing. So with that being said, thanks so much for listening. And as always, raise up. Raise up, baby.